Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Hope you had a great weekend, everybody. Gang's all here, ready to go. I was just reminiscing. It was on this date in 1988. I'm in Atlantic City, New Jersey. I'm watching Mike Tyson knock out Michael Spinks in 91 seconds to unify the world heavyweight titles. There was a lot that went into that. You know, I've covered so many events, and usually you see when somebody gets into the ring, somebody goes onto a field, on a basketball floor, that they feel like they're equal. That's one of the few times that I watched somebody enter the ring and I could actually see fear on Michael Spinks' face. Maybe that's not fair to him to say that, but that's what I noticed right away. I think he got in, I think he looked at Tyson, and I think he thought this is really going to hurt, and it probably won't last long. But it was 91 seconds. Michael Spinks came in, I believe, 30 or 31-0. and 0. He never fought again. That was it. He fought Tyson, got knocked out, didn't fight again. I remember going to interview Michael Spinks at his house prior to the fight, and he had confidence because he was supposed to. He was undefeated. And I think it's one of those where be careful what you ask for. Now, do you want to fight? Got to fight. Got to get in the ring. Now, he was a light heavyweight. In fairness to Michael Spinks, he was a light heavyweight. And his brother, Leon Spinks, famously defeated Muhammad Ali. But... Michael Spinks was a light heavyweight. Very good boxer, but Mike was different. Mike was 21 years of age. I had met Mike two years earlier. I went up to the Catskills in New York and interviewed him. And, and he was very rough. Uh, he was just starting out. Very young, but he was, they called him Kid Dynamite. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Went up, 
to uh, do an interview with him. And as soon as I get there, he comes down and he's got these funky sunglasses on. And I said, oh, you, you look like uh, Jim McMahon. So at the time, the Bears were a big deal. And this is 1986. And he goes, who's Jim McMahon? I said, well, he's the punky quarterback for the Chicago Bears. He had no idea. But he had these weird sunglasses on. Then he wanted to show me his pigeons. And you're looking at somebody really raw. And when you saw him in the ring, he never had any robe on. He just went in. I got business. And uh, he wasn't there, you know, where you see somebody kind of dragging somebody along because they're an entertainer or, hey, you paid good money. I'm going to drag this out a little bit. Mike went in as if he had a car standing by. Like, I got to just keep the meter running. I'll be out in about 91 seconds. And I just remember that Atlantic City. And uh, it was one of those moments where you go, wow, you're watching something. It wasn't someone. That was something in there. That was uh, 1988. All right, welcome to the uh, show here. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, make sure you uh, check out our website. Penny's Bang Biscuits are there. We got uh, healthy, all-natural treats there for your puppy. Go to danpatrick.com. We give back to the uh, handpicked partners in the pet industry with 20% of all the Bang Biscuit sales. Our stat of the day, always brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Play of the day, stat of the day, poll question. All of that forthcoming on this program. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. Twitter handle at show. Say good morning to those watching on Peacock. You can download the app. You can watch this program for free. As we always do every Monday, best and worst of the weekend. What you saw that you liked, you didn't like. And uh, we'll get to those phone calls. Tyler, the operator, standing by. Uh, we'll also uh, pick up on your uh, tweets and your emails as well. Say good morning to Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio, and the great radio affiliates we have around the country. Congrats to the Abs. They beat the Lightning 2-1. to one, And this was a postseason run that we have not seen in a long, long time. They win the Cup four, uh, four games to two. The Deshaun Watson hearing will be tomorrow. A brawl, if you want to call it that, the Mariners and the Angels. We'll have more on that coming up as well. As I mentioned with Deshaun Watson, tomorrow is uh, his disciplinary hearing. And at this point, we're not quite sure how long it's going to last. Uh, what are you going to argue if the NFL Players Association is helping you? I told you a source said that he thought the NFLPA would bring up the examples of Robert Kraft, Daniel Snyder, not being disciplined as, I guess, longer or stronger as, uh, you know, a player normally is. Ben Roethlisberger, might, his case might be brought up. Uh, he was suspended for six games, reduced to four. But this is a different NFL now. And when you look at the punishments of Daniel Snyder and Robert Kraft, Nowhere close to what was rumored for Deshaun Watson. Now, are they the same? No, they're not. Robert Kraft uh, was in a sting operation, and uh, that was settled, or you know, he he uh, wasn't punished. Daniel Snyder has been punished, kind of, but there's a lot of other things that have been in play with Daniel Snyder, and not to the degree of Deshaun Watson. I don't want to compare the two. I'm just saying there'll be reference points of what I was told. People arguing the case on Watson's behalf, whether that helps or not. We're looking at probably a year. It's probably going to be an indefinite suspension because I think the NFL, from what I was told, 
they're worried that these other four cases that haven't been settled, are there other cases that do come up? And I was reminded, keep in mind, there's 66 of these massage therapists. Only 24 have filed lawsuits. Does somebody else say, hey, I can get a quick payday here if that's the case, even if something didn't happen? Or somebody may say, I have the courage now to be able to go forward with it. So there's a lot at play here. But you got to start thinking about the Cleveland Browns. At some point, you get lucky, right? At some point, Cleveland finally figures out how to do this. They, 15 months ago, they're facing Chad Henney. All they have to do is stop Chad Henney. They're down five with the ball. They are in the playoffs. Chad Henney is in there for Patrick Mahomes. If you get a touchdown, you stop them, you, uh, you may be going to the Super Bowl. That's 15 months ago. Right? Now, if you look at what they're doing, they're going, the Cleveland Browns are going to spend $65 million, almost $65 million on two quarterbacks this year, and neither are going to play. Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson. That's Deshaun Watson's signing bonus. That's around $45 million. You can't take that away from him. He's only making a million in salary, and they'll take that away from him. The signing bonus is his. That's already deposited, probably. Baker Mayfield, they got to pay him no matter what. They release him, they got to pay. If you know Seattle or Carolina wants to pick up a little bit of the tab, it's still 18 almost $19 million for two quarterbacks who aren't even going to play for the team this year. You know, you start to look at teams that don't have luck or teams that, uh, you know, they have long droughts trying to win, you know, different owner or different uh, coaches and GMs and different players, but the ownership stays in, uh, in place. Uh, you know, Haslam is not a good owner. They've had all kinds of uh, coaches and offensive coordinators and all kinds of turnover there. They've had draft picks. They had Johnny Manziel. They've had, remember Odell Beckham was the problem. Got rid of him. Well, he got a Super Bowl ring. Then it's Baker Mayfield. You're kind of riding Baker Mayfield. You got some good draft picks here. You got some talent, good running backs. You got good, good uh, offensive line. And then all of a sudden, it starts to go south. And then we start to hear Baker Mayfield and uh, Odell Beckham don't get along. Then guys are picking sides. Then OBJ is uh, sent packing. And then Baker Mayfield gets hurt. Uh, OBJ goes to the Super Bowl. You know, you have turnover in there. Look at the Knicks. You have turnover in there. And you can't sustain anything. You can't even establish something. And I think with the Cleveland Browns, they can't be unlucky forever. At some point, they might get this right. But I started to think about the Cleveland Browns. People will focus on Deshaun Watson this week. But look at the Cleveland Browns. It, you know, now we're, they're talking about, do we, do we get another stadium here? Uh, we going to refurbish our stadium here? There's a lot going on. And there are a lot of people who thought Cleveland was the favorite to go to the Super Bowl. Not, not that long ago. We looked at them, I think, coming off 11-win season. It's like a lot of people thought they were going to the Super Bowl. Uh, I didn't think so. Thought we were asking too much of them and uh, proved to be the case for a variety of reasons. But Cleveland in the news again. And, uh, you know, it's weird when you go, let's make a movie on a franchise that doesn't win anything. Cleveland will have uh, draft day with Kevin Costner. Major League with the Cleveland Indians. 
Well, they have no chance of winning. People love an underdog. Well, Cleveland Browns aren't an underdog. But they'll probably have to wait for Deshaun. So Deshaun Watson's going to be out of football for two years. Last year, which everybody decided that, hey, what's best for everybody? I'm going to sit down. You okay with me sitting down? Yes. We're still going to pay you. Just don't play. So here he is. What is he, 24, 25? Going to be out for two years, probably. I can't imagine it's going to be less than that. Uh, maybe it starts out at a year. They try to, you know, appeal and, and bring it down. But I don't know. Deshaun Watson's going to be 27 in two months. We're right into prime years. But they spent their money. I don't know if they knew what they were getting off the field. Off the field as far as what the NFL is going to do. On the field, they probably go, hey, he's still going to be a top five quarterback. But off the field with this, you know, these lawsuits, everything, they decided, hey, we'll roll the dice on this. Hey, maybe he'll settle all these things. Maybe it'll all go away. Then he'll get to be able to play football. He'll play great and everybody will forget about it, right? Not going to be the case. Not going to be that easy. All right, uh, Seton, what's the poll question you have today? Well, Dan, we could start with uh, Mariners Angel- Angels had a fight, a brawl, a dust-up, a tussle. How exactly do you describe that? I've seen it described many ways. Well, I think you'd be accurate in saying a dust-up because there is dust or mm-hmm. dirt on the field. Yeah, yeah, so it'd be a, a dirt-up. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know, were there punches thrown? I saw a mushed face at mushed one face. point okay. that was... Shocking. Okay. okay. A mush to face. It felt like it started, it stopped, it started, stopped, and then all of a sudden eight people were ejected and somebody got the double bird and, and I was like, okay. But I think this all started with what happened Saturday night where one of the pitchers threw at Mike Trout's head. Uh, or he, he said, look, I'm just trying to have it, throw it up and in. And that, you know, that, that's the uh, weakness or that's the one spot with Mike Trout. And I think it started there, um, and maybe it started in another series. See, that's the thing sometimes you don't understand, or you don't realize, or you forget. Something happens like four months prior or last year, and then you go, we're going to get you back. And, and baseball polices itself. Because if baseball wanted to stop this, they'd say, hey, anybody leaves the benches, you're going to be suspended. Well, you can't have one guy out there against the entire infield Yes, yeah, but the one guy out there against the entire infield has a bat in his hand. Uh, well, we don't want that. We've Kinda had that before. No, we had that with Johnny Roseboro. We 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 don't need that with Juan Marichal. Yeah, Paul. Angels Mariners felt like it was almost out of control. There's like fights on one side, fights on another. Yeah. A lot of it felt violent when you looked at it in comparison to a lot of them. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. 
It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-Rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and challenge all-star. And speaking of all-stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers, and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist, Monday morning quarterback. Albert's on vacation. Fritzy still tracked him down. And uh, Albert, kind enough to join us on the program. Albert, thank you for yeah. uh, allowing us to interrupt your, uh, your vacation there. No, it's okay. Like we had, uh, we actually were going to be set up at the house that we rented, and my kid asked to go to the aquarium. And this is the time of year I can't really say no, so I'm outside the aquarium trying to find an um, <laughs> an internet connection, which that probably everybody in like a you know a 500 yard radius is like, what the hell is that guy doing walking around with a laptop in his hand? So, <laughs> well, thanks for joining us. We won't keep no you long. Problem. What do you expect to happen tomorrow during the uh, uh, hearing for Deshaun Watson? Yeah, you know, I, I think people have sort of mistaked it to be that, um, you know, Sue L. Robinson, the former U.S. District Court judge, is just going to hear Deshaun's case. He's also She's also going to hear the case from the league, and she's going to hear the case from the union. And um, everybody knows that the, the, the sides have an idea of what everybody's going to be presenting. And, um, you know, I, I think the league has been um, strident in wanting a year suspension. My understanding is that the settlement talks collapsed over the league's insistence on a year suspension 
Um, and now they're going to be looking for something indefinite um, where he'd have to apply to get back in after a year. Um, and then the union is going to ask for much lighter punishment on the basis of the league's case not being as strong as a lot of people think it is. And the key component to the union's case is the league tomorrow is only going to be bringing the cases of five women. So we've heard about the 24 women who've sued and obviously other women um, who've alleged wrongdoing on, 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 the, on the part of, of Watson. Um, but the league is only going to be bringing the cases of five women tomorrow. Um, and, you know, and then, of course, the union's case is that based on that and based on what we've seen with owners like Jerry Jones, Robert Kraft, and especially Dan Snyder, um, a year suspension is way too much. Um, and then, you know, after that, I think, as you know, um, she'll take that under advisement, make a recommendation on penalty, and then it'll either go to the commissioner or his designee. What would be the max you think the NFL could ask for? Well, the NFL is going to ask for an indefinite suspension, which um, I, the term in the CBA is actually called banishment, um, which we've seen players get that in the past. And, and essentially what that means is the player's gone for the period for a period of a year, and it's almost like he's not in the league, right? Like, so his contract tolls, he's not paid. Um, and then, you know, after he's served a season, then he has the opportunity to apply for reinstatement. And in a lot of cases, it does wind up being a year suspension. But that's what the NFL is going to be looking at. Whereas, you know, obviously the union is going to look at it and say um, that, again, based on the cases, you know, of, of Kraft, of Jones, of, of Snyder, um, and the way the league handled those, um, you know, a, a banishment penalty would, would be way too much. And, again, like my, my understanding is the settlement talks – centered on the idea of a year suspension and Watson wasn't going to go for that. The league, you know, basically offered that as less than banishment. You just serve a year suspension and you're back in. Um, and the league wouldn't move off of its, of its position there. Um, Watson's team obviously wouldn't go for the year suspension. So the settlement talks collapsed and we have our hearing tomorrow. Uh, who gets traded first, Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G? You know, this gets interesting now um, just because there are some moving parts with both guys. Obviously, with Baker, you know, the Deshaun situation, as much as – and look, like Baker has made it clear to everybody around him, he's done with the Browns, and um, this is unfixable. And even if the Browns double back to him and uh, like the, after, say, Watson is suspended for a year – um, he wouldn't want to go back there. It may still present the best opportunity. And I don't know that the Browns would reverse course on this because they certainly haven't operated over the last three months um, like a team that was leaving the door open at all. Um, but if it is a year, I mean, would they leave that door open? Maybe. Or reopen that door, I mean, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas with Jimmy G, I just think once his shoulder heals, the dynamic changes a little bit. And then, as has been the case with Mayfield, um, the money comes into play. And Jimmy's in a little bit of a different spot than Baker is. Baker has that $18.8 million fully guaranteed. So all he has to do is sit there, and he, he, he'll get it. You know. Whereas with Jimmy, that money doesn't become guaranteed till week one. So you know, if another team wants to come in and negotiate with him and say, we're willing to trade for you, but we're only willing to pay X, like Jimmy might feel compelled to take it because if the Niners cut him, well then, you know, obviously there's a lot of uncertainty on how much money he's going to make in 2022. So I would say the likelihood is, and the likelihood has been that Baker would get moved first, but just 
the situation with Deshaun's, um, you know, case, um, you know, going through this week, and then, uh, you know, I think the the health of Jimmy's shoulder and Jimmy being able to throw within the next couple of weeks could change the dynamic. Talking to Albert Breer, senior NFL reporter, lead content strategist for the Monday Morning Quarterback. Feels like every year this time, Daniel Snyder is somehow stepping in it, and somehow he steps out of it. But um, is this different this year? There are two things that I, I think Roger Goodell has done over the last six months that make this a little bit different, Dan. Um, and I think you and I both know Roger's very, very careful and calculated on everything he says about any owner. Um, and, you know, I, I, you know, back at the Super Bowl, and I think we've talked about this before, Roger actually detailed for everyone at a press conference the process for ousting an owner. I, I, I may have been the only one. I was stunned when he did that because that, to me, signals somebody signed off on him saying that. Somebody was okay with him saying that. So that's number one. And then last week, he continuously in front of Congress positioned Daniel Snyder being out of day-to-day operations for the commanders as a suspension. Snyder's team quietly has pushed back very hard against that notion. So I think you add one thing to the other, right? You add Roger's willingness to talk about how to oust an owner to Roger positioning Snyder's absence from the team as a suspension um, and as a punishment for everything that went on in that building the last 20 years. And I think you're starting to see where I don't know if the owners are going to have the stomach to vote one of their own out because I don't think any of them want to set that precedent. They don't want anybody looking through their trash to, um, you know, and so I, I don't know that they have the appetite for that. But what I do think could happen over the coming months, and I think you may be starting to see signs of this with the way Roger's operating, is the temperature might get turned up on Snyder, where they try to test him and stuff keeps coming out on him, and maybe they try to see if there's a way to force him out without having to vote him out, where it gets to the point where it's untenable for him to own the team anymore, and he decides, I can get 4 or $5 billion for this team. I don't need this trouble anymore. I'm out. He's obviously already shown that the threshold for that's going to be really, really high. Um, he didn't walk away the way that Jerry Richardson walked away a few years ago when you know his own scandal happened in Carolina. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if the owners in the league try to turn up the pressure on Daniel Snyder to sell um, before taking any sort of action on voting on him, on, on, on his viability as an owner. Warren Sapp made some headlines suggesting that Colin Kaepernick's workout with the Raiders was a disaster. Have you heard anything to the contrary? I, you know, when I heard, I, like, coming out of the, the workout, really what I heard was he's in shape and he looks fine. Uh, but, like, I, I don't think, I didn't hear it was a disaster at the same time I didn't hear it was any sort of revelation, you know? Uh, like the the sense I got from the Raiders people is it's about where we expected it to be um, based on, you know, what you'd seen um, over the last few years, the clips of him throwing and everything else still has a really strong arm. Again, he's in shape. Um, you know, they were able to test him in certain ways. Do you look great? I mean, maybe not, but I think, you know, he certainly looked like he could play quarterback in the NFL given, you know, enough ramp up time to do it. Um, so like, that was sort of what I can't heard coming out of it. I didn't hear what Warren Sapp heard, but I also didn't hear that this was some sort of like light turning on for the Raiders where it's like, 
wow, how was this guy out of the league the last few years? Uh, go back to the aquarium. Uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for joining. I'm sorry about the connection issues, Dan. We'll do better next time. I promise next time, uh, next time I'll be on a, on, on a more solid uh, connection here. Thank you, Albert. That's, uh, and, Albert. Everybody can stop, and, and everybody can stop looking at me weird around here now. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same exact set of seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including actress and star of the mega-hit sitcom Friends, Courtney Cox. You can't go around it, so you just go through it. This is a roadblock. It's going to catch you down the road. Go through it. Deal with it. Comedian, writer, and star of the series Catastrophe, Rob Delaney. I shouldn't feel guilty about my son's death. He died of a brain tumor. It's part of what happens when your kid dies. Intellectually, you'll understand that it's not your fault, but you'll still feel guilty. Alt-rock icon, Liz Fair. That personal disaster wrote Guyville. So everything comes out of a dead end. And many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of Challenge Champion. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. 
Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Our next guest, Jeff Fletcher. He is a writer for the Orange County Register covering the uh, Angels. And his new book, Showtime, is the inside story of Shohei Otani and the greatest baseball season ever played. It hits bookshelves and available online beginning July 12th. Before we bring Jeff in, let me just bring back one of my favorite sounds. It's uh, Otani from Friday night. Hammer! <laughs> Destroyed that baseball! Stare it down! It's just, it's different. It's different. Jeff Fletcher uh, joins us. Uh, have you heard a ball leave a bat like that before? Uh, well, <clears throat> Otani said a couple like that before. So another player, uh, Mike Trout said a couple like that too. But okay. uh, for the most part, uh, not a lot of times. I had mentioned the other time I heard something different. Jock Peterson when he came up for the Dodgers, and he had a couple of home runs where it just sounded different. What is it with Otani with that power? Well, you know, he's got just uh, kind of a God-given uh, ability to put the right torque on his uh, his body, for lack of a better word, to where he gets, you know, the bat stays back and it just flips through really quickly. And uh, if you get it at the right path, then it puts backspin on the ball, and that just makes it go uh, a really long way. If you look at his pitching and his hitting, are they similar in, in talent? You know, uh, I think his pitching is better. He's really never had a bad stretch as a pitcher. He's had like one bad start here and there. Uh, this year was the first year he ever had two bad starts in a row. Uh, so the, the pitching, the only problem has been injury. Hitting, he does have, you know, every once in a while, he'll have a bad month. He'll strike out too much. He'll, you know, swing and pitches out of the zone. He'll get a little pull happy and, and ground out too much. Uh, and then, you know, he corrects it, but, and it kind of goes back and forth, which is like a lot of hitters, but, but pitching wise, he's much more consistent. I just wonder, are the angels, the right team for him it, it is, are the angels, the right team for Otani for baseball as well? Because we've seen Mike Trout and we've seen three playoff games and I look, I would love that he stayed with the angels, but I, I don't know if they're any better than they were, whatever, how many years ago? Yeah, that's certainly a fair question. The Angels are not a great baseball team right now. They have not been since either of those guys have been there, uh, say for one season. And obviously it's better for baseball if those guys are in the postseason. But, you know, it happens. Uh, you know, Tony Gwynn had a long career where he didn't do much in the postseason. Ken Griffey Jr. we didn't see too much in the postseason. So, you know, it, it just happens in sports. And, and it's hard to manipulate it to where you say, I want this guy to be in this organization. So we see him in the postseason and, you know, uh, I'm sure Major League Baseball would love to do that, but, uh, you know, this is what we have. But is he loyal to them that, like, at some point you see Damian Lillard in Portland. Like, you got to look around and go, what am I doing here? Otani hasn't, I mean, he's still young, but I don't know if he looks around and says to Mike Trout, "What do, you know, what am I doing here? Yeah, I mean, obviously Otani uh, is pretty closed closed off with the media about what he really feels. And uh, all we know is that he, he likes Anaheim. He likes the people around him. And, you know, when he, when he picked the Angels, they weren't a great team. So, obviously, if when he first came to the United States, if going to the World Series was objective number one, he never would have picked the Angels in the first place. I think he likes it. 
in the atmosphere. He likes the people that are around him. And uh, I think that still counts. And I think if the Angels give him a ton of money, that's certainly not going to hurt. Um, <laughs> you know, look recently at Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. I mean, they signed with teams that had not exactly been having parades year in and year out because they were they liked the atmosphere and they got a lot of money. So I think it's still possible that that is what happens with Otani. All right, let's uh, go to the brawl, the melee, Donnie Brook. Give me the backstory on this because it's rare when you just have something of this magnitude that's based off what happens in the moment. Yeah, there's definite backstory. Uh, Mike Trout, first of all, has killed the Mariners for his entire career. 53 homers against the Mariners is most against any team. The most homers any player hit against the Mariners. Uh, he's hit more homers in Seattle than any active visiting player has hit in any ballpark where he's been a visitor. Last weekend, they played a five-game series in Seattle, which had a makeup from the, the lockout, and he hit five homers in the series. Uh, he killed them. All, all, uh, four of them were game-winning homers. And one of those, Scott Service basically got killed in the media because he didn't intentionally walk him. You know, it was an extra innings. They pitched to him. He hit a homer. You know, obviously it doesn't look very good. So now you fast forward to Saturday. Trout comes up as the tying run in the ninth inning, and obviously they're not going to pitch to him. But instead of just intentionally walking him, they pitch around him, and the first pitch or the second pitch goes right over his head. And Trout is pretty annoyed with that. Uh, after the game, he was as upset and angry as I've ever seen him in 10 years of covering him. Hmm. So if you're the angels and you see Mike Trout is that upset, you have to do something about it basically. So I think what happened uh, on Sunday is uh, they used an opener for the game and uh, he came out there and he, he threw a pitch to Julio Rodriguez kind of right behind his head. And then in the uh, second inning, he threw on a Jesse Winker, hit him right in the, the hip and, uh, and pretty much, that was that it was it was on and uh you know i don't think that that trout thought the mariners were throwing at him intentionally but he certainly thought that if they were just pitching around him that they should have done it in a safer way or else just put up four fingers and let him go to first and he was mad about it and you know i think the angels definitely the way they're going they needed some kind of a spark and uh certainly this is a was a perfect opportunity to do something that was going to get people fired up. And uh, I think it was extremely predictable, which is another reason I think you can kind of blame the umpires for this, because I talked to uh, to the umpires after the game and and I said, well, were warnings issued before the game based on what happened Saturday night? And they go, oh, no, we didn't think that was enough to, to warrant warnings. Well, all of us in the press box knew there was going to be a fight. So for the umpires to, to say that they didn't think there was enough to have warnings, I think is, is something's missing there. <clears throat> and if they would have just said like, before the game, all right, anybody throws at anybody, they're getting kicked out. And when Wance throws the first pitch behind Julio Rodriguez, he kicks him out right there, it's probably over. So that's what happened. Do you like that baseball pleases itself? I mean, it's kind of silly, but, uh, you know, it's it's what we have. It's, it's what the players expect. And, uh, you know, I think for the most part, people don't get hurt. Um, I mean, it, it is kind of silly when you try to think about it, try to explain it to somebody who's not a baseball fan. They just go, why are they, you know, it's not his fault that he hit a lot of homers against them. So why would you be mad at him? You know, and I know it, it's kind of dumb. I never understood that. I, and I, I've called out pitchers. I say it's cowardly, especially in the American League when they didn't have to come to the plate that you're going to you want to hurt me because 
I I hurt you in a way that it was in the, within the rules. And I just yeah. like or the guy after the guy who homers. That's even dumber when you throw out the next guy. I know. I always feel bad for that guy. You bad behind somebody who's you know, like Aaron Judge, and then you're like, oh damn, he just homered. Now I'm gonna get you know somebody gonna buzz the tower here. But yeah. it, and then you see by the time the bullpen gets in. Like, it feels like everything's done, and then the bullpen comes in. Well, then they have to play a role here as well. Uh, what kind of suspensions are we looking at? I mean, that's a great question. Uh, I think that there are certainly some of the main guys are probably going to get, <clears throat> you know, five, ten games. Uh, just off the top of my head, maybe more. There were some pretty big punches thrown. I've seen a lot of these baseball fights, and I haven't seen – punches to this degree in too many of them. And uh, Jesse Winker also flipped off the crowd like multiple times with both hands walking out off the field. So I'm sure that's going to earn him a little extra change paying to a major league baseball. So, uh, and the managers obviously are both going to get suspended. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Jeff, good luck with the book and thanks for joining us. We appreciate your time. All right. Thanks for having me. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 